new ownership. The third-ranked Iowa women's basketball team has won eight in a row, entering to tonight's game against Loyola Chicago. Tip-off is set for 5 p.m. The men of Iowa State and University of Northern Illinois both play tonight. The Cyclones will host Eastern Illinois, while the Panthers are on the road against Northern Illinois. And the Saints and Rams tonight in Los Angeles. New Orleans wide receiver Chris Olave is expected to play after missing last week with an ankle injury. I'm Darrell Joyner. Let the party begin! The Morning Rush kickstarts your day from 6 to 8. Three full hours of Dan Patrick from 8 to 11. Then seven straight hours of local radio starts with Miller and Condon from 11 to 1. Murph and Andy from 1 to 3. But wait, there's more! And The Drive with Heather and Sean brings you home from 3 to 6. Sounds off the hook! Live and local every day. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. I'm Trent Condon. Happy to have you with us here as we make our way into our number two football, basketball. We're talking about it both with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. Bottom of the hour, Chris Andrews from the South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Sportsbook director is going to stop by and we'll take a look at the football slate and a whole lot more coming up with Chris. We welcome in Matt Postens right now. Matt, enjoy our conversations as always. Appreciate it. And thanks for hopping on with us here on a Thursday. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm I'm off till January 2nd. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm 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 great. <laughs> that sounds that, that sounds wonderful. Well, Ken's off as well. He's got his vacation time that he's using. He's making his way to California though driving cross country. That does not sound very fun uh, to me, but he's got a lot of windshield time in front of him. We got a lot of time to watch bowl games and before we get into Big 12 both football and basketball, the story today Nicole Auerbach saw from her, uh, Pete Thamel of ESPN had a great article kind of laying out Florida State. We know what they're looking for. It's an out with the SEC, the Big Ten, and obviously the money that comes along with it. Shut out of the college football playoff this year, even with an undefeated. That was more not about their conference, I don't believe. It was more about, obviously, the injury to the quarterback, Travis. But if Florida State, when you look at that, if there isn't the lifeline for, obviously, the Big Big Ten or the SEC, the Big 12, obviously, would get involved would this be the type of program that they would try to give them kind of a sweetheart type of deal? You know where I'm going? Yeah, I know where you're going. And I, I don't think that they're looking to do, you know, sweetheart deals. You know, that's, that's, that's part of the reason why they're, they're okay with Texas and Oklahoma leaving because sure. they don't have to deal with the Longhorn Network anymore or Sooner Vision or any of the other concessions that they have to make to those two programs. Everybody's on an evil level footing, level footing right now. Everybody's equal. Uh, but I think Florida State, you know, if the Big Ten and the SEC don't want them, the Big 12 is going to be the natural pivot for them. The money won't be a whole lot better uh, than the ACC, but I think I think for them, they'll look at it as an opportunity to, to move into a competitive conference. I think for them also, it'll be more about pulling other schools with them. I don't think it's just going to be – Florida State coming to the Big 12, and that's it. I mean, I think if they come, then I think the Big 12 is looking at this as, okay, how do we pull in, you know, three or four other schools from the ACC, some of which have good basketball footprints, some of which have good football uh, football footprints, and really continue to build this into a national conference. So 
you know, I think Florida State at the end of the day might make more sense for the Big Ten than for the SEC just because the SEC has Florida so saturated and the Big Ten could could use a presence there. But uh, I don't think the Big 12 would turn them away if, if ultimately the Big Ten and the SEC said no. With that being said, do you anticipate there's going to be an out and it's going to lead to, obviously, Clemson and many of the other programs I mean, trying to depart the ACC? Do you think this is a realistic possibility? I do. I do. I, I think it's I think it's as much about their unhappiness with their TV contract, which I think everybody needs to understand is another decade from now, and their grant of rights doesn't end until 2034. Mm-hmm. So they've got a long tail on a television contract that doesn't give them any escalators. They just took in three schools where they're not paying them any money from their TV pool at all. Uh, Cal and Stanford and SMU are just going to exist on their own. Um, they're not getting any kind of renegotiation dollar from ESPN. So they're locked into this TV deal that right now looks incredibly antiquated. And when you combine that with the fact that I still believe at some point we're going to go to a situation where we're going to have like a super FBS, where it's going to be like 40, 50, 60 schools that want to play FBS football at that level with NIL or stipends or paying players, something like that, there's going to be one more grand reshuffle of everything. And I thought it was going to happen when the next college football playoff contract was renegotiated, which they're still trying to negotiate it now. Uh, but I think Texas and Oklahoma kind of derailed it a little bit. If Florida State were to say, you know what, we're getting out, that would be an accelerant to all of this and would really put college sports in a position where maybe in the next two to three years, after everything is settled, we've got three tiers of college football in Division One, everybody playing for their own national championship and then basketball and all the other sports sort of spinning on their own axes, so to speak. Be good with that, no doubt about it. Matt Poston is joining us, Heartland College Sports. Let's get into a little basketball. Had an opportunity to see a couple of teams last night in the top 25. Didn't go the Big 12's way. Let's start with Baylor in MSG against Duke. Um, A couple of takeaways there. I think Baylor is certainly not fully formed. I think this team still has a ton of upside. You saw Ray J. Davis trying to maybe do a little bit too much, and Duke just made some shots down the stretch. There were some tough shots. There were open ones, too. They made the plays down the stretch, though. But though it's been a trying week for Baylor going back to over the weekend, getting blown out by Michigan State, it doesn't change my view of this team. I think Baylor has a really good chance to be a really good team. And come March, I think they can be a whole lot better than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I think they came out of the gate you know, playing really well. I mean, Jacoby Walter is going to be a potential player of the year in this conference, and he's just a freshman. But... Eves Missy, their seven footer, he mm-hmm. he makes a huge difference for them. And he's a player that I wasn't I wasn't sure what they were going to get out of him because he came in a year early. He reclassified to join them this year. So really development wise, he's a year behind where he actually should be should be, but he's not playing like it. He had eleven and ten last night, five block shots. His defense and rim protection is a difference maker for them. It's something they really haven't had at that level the past few years, even with their national championship team a couple of years ago. They didn't have that kind of size inside. So when you combine the athleticism that they have around him with his rim protection and his ability to rebound, uh, I think this is more of a hiccup than a a trend. I I think they're going to be a very competitive team in the conference. And like you said, come March, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be built to potentially make a deep run. It's good that they're going through this now because what they're dealing with right now is, is I think, just – you know, trying to figure out how to get out of shooting drops. That's what happened against Michigan State in the first half. That's what happened down the stretch against Duke. You've got to kind of work your way through those things. Uh, and it's better to work your way through them now than to try and work your way through them in February. 
What's going on with JTT? Out of the starting lineup, played three minutes. He's had a DNP coach's decision in there. Jonathan Chamwa Chachua, a guy that was a big cog. I know injuries have been certainly a part of his story. What's happening right now with him? Well, I mean, I think I think in balance, as you look forward to the season, I think he's going to be a part of what they do. But I think also you got to understand he's a complimentary player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy who's going to rebound. He's going to defend. He gives you that hustle factor in that forward position, but he's not a guy that's going to create his own shot offensively. Guys like Walter, Misi, Jalen Bridges, these are guys at the forward position that can create their own shot. JTT just can't do that. Um, but he's, I think ultimately he'll be a 10- to 15-minute guy as they get into conference play because they're going to need his energy. As you saw last night, both Misi and Walter got into foul trouble, so you're going to need him off the bench. And I think ultimately, once they get the rotation set going into conference play, I think that's where he's going to make more of a difference for them. Oklahoma handed their first loss last night in Charlotte against North Carolina. Just never could get that run in the second half, right? Cut it down to 5-6, something like that, and have a chance. Never could have that big 6 nothing spurt that they needed to get over the hump. R.J. Davis is outstanding for Carolina, but Sooners with their first loss. What do you think of this team overall? What, what do you think they're going to be as we get into conference play? I think they're one of the most interesting teams in the conference because they were picked 12th to start the season. They were unranked, and they beat USC, they beat Iowa, they beat Arkansas on a neutral court, they get all the way to number 7, and I'm still trying to figure out if they're an elite team that's going to be there you know, in March and be one of those teams you really have to contend with, or if they're a really, really good team that started at an elite level and is starting to level out. I think the one thing I worry about with them is you know, Owe is a really good player. McCollum's a really good player. They've got several really good players in this team. I, I, I haven't seen the one guy that I think to myself, okay, with the game on the line, who's going to be the guy that takes the shot? I think that's going to be McCollum, mm-hmm. but I don't. I didn't see as much assertiveness from either one of them, even though they both had good games. In key moments, I didn't see enough assertiveness from them or, in some cases, the right shot selection in those situations to lead me to believe that they're ready for that yet. But the good news is, you know, they were going to lose a game at some point. You know, do it now, learn from it, get into conference play, because OA and McCollum, if they have great seasons, then Oklahoma itself is going to have a really great season in its last year in the Big 12. I really like McCollum. I think he's got a chance to be a special player, can shoot it really well from the outside. Not real big by any means, but uh, definitely making plays out there. Well, at the top, of course, of the conference, it is Kansas and Houston. The Cougars undefeated. I've said for the last week, they're going to be undefeated, I believe, when they come to Iowa State coming up on January 9th. This Houston team, though, there's just there's not a whole lot of depth in their resume. They're undefeated, but their best wins against Utah, maybe second best against A&M. Just not a whole lot on this resume right now. What do we know with Houston? They, they lost talent. They brought in talent with LJ Cryer and company. What do you think of this Houston team? I mean, are we talking national championship good, or do we have to see them in Big 12 play to make that determination? I, I think to some degree you have to see it in Big 12 play, but here's the thing. If you watch them play A&M on Saturday, they're built like a Big 12 team. Mm-hmm. They play defense like a Big 12 team. They've got a four or five guard rotation like a Big 12 team, all of which can score. They've got, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how well their forwards have progressed over the course of the season. I, I saw them earlier in the year, saw them again Saturday. Their forwards have made some progress. Uh, that's going to be their hardest matchup because of guys like Hunter Dickinson, BC, some of the other seven footers in the conference. So as far as being at a Big 12 level, they're there. You know, they have 
four quad one wins. Yes, I know they haven't played a ranked team, but you know what? A&M was ranked the week before they played Houston, and they fell out of the top 25. They've had a couple of teams like that that they were supposed to play that were supposed to be top 25 teams that fell out the week before they played them. So they've got the best net rating of any team in the country. They've got one of the best defensive ratings of any team in the country. They're already playing at a Big 12 level. Yeah, the grind's going to be interesting to watch them just deal with playing two high major teams every week. But for me, at the end of the season, I think they're going to be a top four Big 12 team. And I think, you know, end of the day, I think they will be a player when it comes to figuring out who who are those, you know, 12 or 16 teams that are, are going to win a national championship. And funny, during that game on Saturday, ESPN flashed up a graphic since, I want to say it's 1997. It's been close to, to 20 years of data. The top 12 teams ranked in the AP poll in the sixth week of the AP poll every year since, I think, 97, the national champion has come from that pool hmm. of those 12 teams. And Kansas was in there. Baylor was in there. Houston was in there. Oklahoma was in there. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty telling right there. Uh, finally, on the basketball front, Matt, let's jump to Iowa State. They take on Eastern Illinois tonight. They got one more easy opponent, New Hampshire, before conference play begins. A team that the advanced metrics love, 10th right now at Ken Pomeroy, 5th in the NCAA net ratings, but it still feels like after that disappointing showing in Florida, we just don't know a whole lot about this team. Where are you? Yeah, I I, I really like where they're at, honestly. I know that they've got the, the two losses in their resume, and I know that, you know, you know like, like Houston, they don't have the ranked win on, on their on their ledger right now, but you know they continue to play defense like an Iowa State team, you know, like you would expect the Cyclones to play. Uh, I feel like they've they've improved in the perimeter shooting. Um, the injuries that they've had haven't hurt them too much. I think Robert Jones has really stepped up and given them something more than he was able to last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like where they're at going into conference play, and I, I you know, I think they're going to be. You know, if you're thinking if you're thinking of it from a tiering standpoint, I think they're the best team on that second tier right now. With that first tier being Kansas, Baylor, you know, Oklahoma, uh, that group. You know, Iowa State's probably the best team on that second tier. And the one team that I think is capable of moving from that second tier to that first tier because of the work they've done to to make additions to their offense this year. Over to some football to wrap things up. We're talking with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. We'll see Friday night, the first Big 12 entry in there as we uh, make our way through with UCF as they take on Georgia Tech. Kansas gets UNLV next week, the day after Christmas. Uh, Not a whole lot of depth there. I did wonder, though, you know, Utah, they play on Saturday against Northwestern, a future Big 12 team. Are you going to be watching them and Arizona just a little bit more closely, knowing you're going to be seeing a whole lot of them next season? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're thinking ahead to next year, absolutely, you're going to kind of peek at them a little bit because, you know, Utah, for instance, I, I think Cam Rising is coming back in 2024. I think he decided to come back for another year. He didn't get to play this year at all because of the injury. So when you think about Utah, they're kind of set at the quarterback position because they have their veteran coming back for a seventh year on a medical redshirt. Arizona obviously decided, I think, the expectations of everyone out there except for maybe themselves by having the kind of year that they had. Um, and, you know, Arizona State and Colorado are, are still building right now. And you, you see what, you know, Colorado is doing right now, at least in the transfer portal. Their recruiting class doesn't look that great. But in the transfer portal, they've been able to pull some really impressive uh, players that have good resumes at other programs for 2024. So, yeah, I'll, I'll peek at those games a little bit more. But, 
you know, you also have to know that things are going to change because there's another transfer portal window coming after spring practices. You have players that are naturally going to attrit out of those programs. But, yeah, the time's kind of come to start watching these four schools that are coming into the Big 12 and, you know, kind of start getting a gauge of where they are and where they might fit into the league next year. Arizona-Oklahoma is going to be an outstanding game. Of course, we got the playoff. We'll get to that in a moment with Texas against Washington. Taking those two off the board, though, of the remaining, what is it, six, seven games on there for the Big 12, which one are you most excited about? Well, you know, um, I'm not a Mayo guy. And, <laughs> and apparently Neil Brown is not a Mayo guy either, if you ask his athletic director, uh, Ren Baker. But now I'm all about West Virginia winning that game and watching both of them get doused in mayonnaise. Uh, let's just say I, I'm glad it's not me coaching that team and having to go to that game because to me that's like, you know, I don't want to be anywhere near mayonnaise. I, I absolutely hate it. I'm, I'm much more comfortable with Kansas State going to the Pop-Tarts Bowl, uh, although the edible mascot kind of worries me just a little bit. But I, I, I don't think that's going to be as creepy as people think it's going to be. It's going to be odd, no doubt about it, and I'm with you. Mayo's gross. All right, uh, we wrap things up with the college football playoff. Texas, Washington, you know, it feels like there are – a growing sentiment of people, yes, Washington's undefeated. They've won a lot of close games, but Texas, it's all clicked right this year. It's all gone their way. The talent's been there. There hasn't been that head-scratching loss. They have found a way. Where are you in this game? What's more likely, that this thing is down to the wire, it's a four-quarter game, or Texas wins this thing comfortably? I, I think it's more likely to be a, a four-quarter game down to the wire, although I, I completely agree with you. Texas has looked great their last two games of the season the tech game and the big 12 championship game they are very much on on all cylinders at the right time and steve sarkeesian told a really good story yesterday about how he's used the volleyball team as kind of an object lesson for his team uh the fact that early in the year texas volleyball was struggling they went on the road and lost a match at long beach state i think they were four and three at the time and you know they won the national championship this past weekend and their players were talking about how we you know, we played our best volleyball in the last six matches of the year when we absolutely had to play our best volleyball to win a national championship. And they beat Stanford, and they beat uh, Wisconsin, and they beat Nebraska. And if you know anything about women's volleyball, those are three of the best programs in the country along with Texas. And he's been using that as kind of an object lesson to say to his kids, hey, you know, this this is a time of year when you need to play your best football. And they proved they could do that against Texas Tech. They proved they could do that against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. And, you know, I think, I think you have two teams that honestly are really clicking right now. I think Washington has played some, I know Washington's played close games, but they've played really good football all year. And I think, I, I think there's potential for that game to be the better of the two semifinal games on New Year's Day. Matt Poston's find his work at Heartland College Sports. He's off and he's using his vacation time wisely, watching a lot of hoops and a lot of football. Matt, we'll talk to you again down the line. Appreciate your time as always. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Happy holidays. Find him on Twitter, at Postins Postcard. Great work, and him, Pete, and the whole crew, Derek Duke and company, do great work. If you're a Big 12 fan, that is a wonderful resource for you. Heartland College Sports. We continue here on Miller and Con, and we go to Vegas next. Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director at the South Point, breaks down week 16 of the NFL. We talk bowl games and a whole lot more as we continue. This is Miller and Condon. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. 
Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. On 106.3 KXNO. Listening to Miller and Condon. Stick around for Murph and Andy starting at 1. Right here on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-DETAILS. Tutty's Tavern at 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines is now open and under new ownership. Featuring 50 beers on tap with a huge local selection. Tutty's Tavern is the upscale sports bar you've been looking for. With great steaks, lobster tails, sandwiches, burgers, and an oyster bar with oysters five different ways. Score a touchdown at Tutty's Tavern. 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines under new... Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on... We continue. It's Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon running solo here for the next week. Ken on vacation, making his way to California. I believe there's going to be a stop in Vegas in his sojourn over the next month. He'll be joining us, though, starting again next week remotely from out on the left coast. That's where we go right now to Las Vegas. He is Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director at the South Point Casino on the south tip of the Strip, and he joins us here on a Thursday. Chris, it has been too long. How are things, my friend? Oh, not too bad. A lot of business. You know, it's a great time of year with the bowl games coming up and college basketball really getting underway, NBA, hockey, and, of course, the NFL. So, uh the only one we're missing is baseball right now. <laughs> well, and uh, at that point, we are getting more and more understanding what the free agent pool is looking like. Obviously, Otani, he has signed. I know World Series odds have been up for a lot of the books out there. Uh, what about you guys as it pertains to totals, over-unders for the win season? When do you usually get those out? Divisional odds, those types of things. How deep into free agency do you need to see before you're willing to put those numbers out there? Well, you know, pretty quick. You know, pitchers and catchers go to uh, camp pretty soon, and uh, not long after that we start getting all those numbers together. But we have World Series up in, uh, you know, the uh, leagues, uh, you know, the pennants, uh, but the you know, divisions and all that, not not quite yet. We kind of wait till, uh things kind of filter out with, uh, you know, all the uh, off-season stuff. Let's uh, take a look at the NFL with you. And starting with tonight, it's the Rams and the Saints. Not the shiniest of objects, but 
It's at least two teams in playoff contention. Feels like this is a, a very much a public versus pro type of play tonight. Feels like everybody that I talk to that maybe isn't the sharpest side definitely likes the Rams tonight. Is that what you're seeing at the South Point? Yeah, it's really much pretty all, all pretty much all Rams so far. Uh, you know, we're still at four. If the trend continues, we may go to four and a half. But uh, you know, the wise guys haven't really spoken yet on this game. But I have a feeling they might be looking for a juicy number on the dog. Because right now, uh, I, I see no signs of it going down at, at this point. So it's probably just going to go up. And so if you're looking to play the Saints, uh, I, I would just wait. But if you're looking to play the Rams, I would say now is the time to bet them. Rams right now, and in your weight, maybe you're going to get that four and a hook. Do you anticipate the Sharps will come in when you, if you do go to four and a half? You know, I, I think some will. I don't think they'll beat down the doors to get to the counter and, <laughs> you know, grab the four and a half. You know, we're kind of, uh, you know, I mean, four is definitely a key number, but it's it's not a three, it's not a seven. You know, so they may be looking for something, you know, or they may just want to pass. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, the Rams are playing some pretty good football right now. I can see where the public would be on them. And the Saints are just kind of inconsistent, you know. So, But inconsistent means sometimes they play some really good games, like, you know, they did last week. Uh, but I think the Rams are a team that was overlooked, greatly overlooked in the preseason. I think our season win total on them was like six and a half. Mm. I remember thinking, boy, everybody's betting under on this team. Are they really that bad? And listen, I'm not trying to tell you how smart I am, believe me. But you know that that's where where the money was on the under, and I was just kind of you know wondering. I mean, they still have a great coach, they have a great quarterback, they have a few pieces in place, and they did. You know, they went all in to to win the Super Bowl, which they did a couple years back, and they kind of paid the price for it. But they still have some talent on this team, and I don't know if they can make any noise in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they're they're not a terrible team for sure. We fast forward to Saturday, two games on Saturday, and one including your squad, the Yinzers, the Stillers, <laughs> Pittsburgh, uh, a slight dog at home against Cincinnati. This Jake Browning story has been incredible to watch what he's been able to do. Now, so many of these fill-ins, and even when you see maybe they'll have a game, it's continued. He's been at minimum okay, something I don't think many people anticipated when he took over for Burrow. Steelers going the wrong way. It, it looks ugly in Pittsburgh right now, and I, I see more and more. People questioning Tomlin's future? What's going on there? Well, you know, I, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of that team. It is my team. But, of course, uh, you know, business-wise, I have to be as objective as possible. But th- there's just a lot coming out of there. You see they're, you know, like between Pickens and Johnson. I mean, they just, you know, this is not Steeler-type wide receivers. And they've, they've really kind of kind of blown it the last couple of picks by picking receivers with a lot of talent that really didn't work out. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Chase Claypool. Now they got the two on their roster now, and I was reading something about it, you know, when uh, – over the years, they've had a lot of success. You know, I mean, you know, Antonio Brown was like a late draft choice, sixth round, I think. You know, so they had a lot of success with these guys. But all those guys that they picked, even though they had some issues – we're all hard workers. I mean, Brown, you can say what you want about him, but the guy worked hard. Uh, but one of the things Bill Cower did with his wide receivers, he made them play special teams so that, you know, they knew that the foot, football was more than just catching a pass and trying to run to the end zone. You know, even a great receiver, what are you going to get? Maybe 10 passes in a game? You know, that's a lot. 
You know, so how about the other 50, 60 plays? What are you doing? Well, you better be blocking. You know, when you look back at some of the great Steeler receivers, you know, like Heinz Ward, you know, didn't have great numbers, but won a couple Super Bowls, you know, by being that kind of player. And like I said, Antonio Brown, even though he certainly had his issues, God knows, but he played hard and he knew the physicality of the game. These guys, the last couple of guys, the ones that I just mentioned, the last four guys, I'm not sure they understand the sacrifice that goes into playing professional football. Uh, you know, certainly the Steeler way, but I would say that with, you know, any team, you know, you just don't want your guys out there lollygagging. You know, you're only going to catch X amount of passes and the rest of the time you better be contributing to the team effort. And these guys are not doing that. Uh, Chris, as we've known each other throughout the year, sometimes I have some dumb questions. Here's a dumb one for you. All right. I, I know you're not a part of the techn- technology team there at the South Point, but you got the game on yeah. Peacock uh, coming up with the Bills and the Chargers. I'm sure there's plenty of games that are like ESPN+, Plus, but there's MMA on there. There's things like that. Is that difficult? I mean, what do you guys have to do just to make sure that some of these streaming components and things that you guys want to put up at the screens there at the South Point, that you guys are good to go and able to get those up on the TVs? Well, fortunately, I do have somebody here that knows <laughs> way more than I do, Trent. I have enough trouble getting these games at home. Right. But we have a guy here. I mean, video is just really big, and really all the casinos. But we do a lot of stuff here with uh, – you know the uh, you know rodeo and every all the equestrian events. We make sure there's a you know a close circuit in house TV, and also a lot of stuff gets pumped out. You know we have the studio here at South Point, and uh, Andrew Binder is the guy's name who really takes care of all our audio and visual stuff, and he's just been a tremendous help to me. And uh, you know I, I we just try to give him the information, and he kind of goes from there getting it all pieced together and he's done a fantastic job but Trent you're right I am not the tech guy at all so fortunately I have somebody to do that job for us because I would I'm sure I would have it totally screwed up. Chris Anders joining us from the South Point Casino. Chris uh, one more NFL game I want to get your perspective what you're seeing in the betting market it's an NFC North affair Minnesota after uh, one that got away, we'll just say, against Cincinnati last week, against Detroit, yeah. Lions right the ship. Both teams have the extra day of rest as both played on Saturday here. I- I'm a bit surprised. I'm surprised that I've seen this thing stay at that three-and-a-half number. I already got a ticket on the Vikings personally. What are you seeing in the betting market with the Vikings and the Lions? Well, the wise guys are definitely on the Vikings in this one. Uh, so you know how we do things at uh, South Point. We don't juice numbers. Yep. Everything we do is at 11 and 10. So we went back and forth a couple times between three and three and a half. So right now we are at three. But when I go to three and a half, I mean, the wise guys jump in because, you know, either way, we have the best number. So we're at three flat. We're the only one in town. We're the only one in town. So they, they, kind of sit here like uh, vultures waiting for me to move that number. <laughs> but when I go to three and a half, they jump in pretty quick. So I got a lot of money on the Vikings plus the three and a half. Like I said, I'm at three right now. Public is definitely laying the three, but boy, the, the, the wise guys, they scoop up that three and a half as soon as I get there. It doesn't take long to get me back in line. I uh, yeah, I'm looking right now. I see Circa, Superbook, Caesars. All of them have a juice to minus one twenty. You mentioned you guys at the South Point always minus one ten. Does it make it simpler for you, or do you have to be do you have to move a little bit more, knowing that you got to lay you have have to have the number laid at minus one ten on both sides? It, you know, it's a yin and yang kind of thing. It's one of those where uh, you know in the past. Well, I shouldn't say because I've always kind of 
believed in that philosophy. I try to keep it at 11 and 10. It's just that, that those are kind of places I've worked at where we do a lot of, uh, a lot of business with the general public, a lot of local stuff. Keep it simple for them. But I know some guys, you know, they get a lot of heat from upstairs if a game lands three, let's say, and they wind up getting, you know, beat up pretty good. Well, my guys can't do that to me because they're the ones that, that tell me <laughs> that, you know, you keep everything at 11 and 10 and don't be afraid to move that number. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And they understand that. And sometimes uh, I'm thinking about the Seattle game the other ah. night uh, that, that fell through. But, you know, it was one of those. Uh, Michael gone. He had a lot of stuff to do, you know, and he calls me after the game. He goes, boy, and he's kind of laughing. You know, he says, boy, that three really hurt. I said, no, Michael, the other side, if Philly would have won by, oh, oh. But that's just his, I mean, he's he's such a great guy to work for. He's, he, he's thinking we, we blew, you know, well into six figures and right. kind of laughing about it. And I have to tell him, no, no, we actually won pretty good because it was three the other side. Oh, oh, oh okay. So, you know, I, it's, I just, you know, try to stick with, you know, bookmaking procedures that I've done my whole life. And, you know, if numbers fall, they fall. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I have guys that kind of understand the nature of the game. And numbers do fall. And, uh, you know, when it happens, it happens. There's nothing you can do about it, you know. But, uh, no, I don't really change that much as far as my bookmaking philosophy. Finally, uh, on the gambling front, we're talking with Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director at the South Point Casino. Chris, bowl games have been here. Um, handle, is it down? I mean, the opt-outs make it incredibly difficult to handicap, the transfer portal, everything else. Have you seen significant reduction in terms of handle for some of these games, the goofy ones? I mean, tonight we get the Boca Raton Bowl, Syracuse and South Florida, at least programs that you've heard of. But have you seen a difference in handle? Uh, yes, but the difference is that, you know, where guys used to just bet them, uh, pretty much knowing to a large degree who was going to play. Now this changed really in only the last couple years, you know, but we will pick up quite a bit of handle the day of the game. So, you know, like tonight, by the time we get to kickoff, we'll have a pretty good handle on the game. And I'm looking right now, I actually have a lot of money on this game and I'm surprised how much I have. You know, so it does pick up the day of the game. But what you're not seeing is that money come in early. You know, uh, and, and you know, Trent, I'm a lot. I'm 67 years old. I'm probably like what, at least 20, 30 years older than you. I remember when I was a kid, you know, the bowl games were so important. These yeah. guys, you know, these kids really wanted to play in every game, and it was just important to them. And we just don't see that now. And I understand that. You know, if you're a, you know, really, who was the first? Not really the first, but one of the one of the first that really made a lot of noise about it was Christian McCaffrey, uh, who sat out a game a couple of years back. Well, I mean, you know, the kid he was looking at multi multi millions or playing a game for free that he might get hurt in. And I remember I can't remember who the guy was for Notre Dame, the linebacker that got mm, hurt, Jalen Smith. And, yeah, got hurt in, the, in their bowl game and wound up costing them millions himself millions. You know, so I understand it from that point of view. Uh, but but it has definitely changed, you know. And I'm looking at games like, you know, I, you know. I mean, Jaden Daniels not playing for LSU. Um, you know, what was I looking at? Just, you know, Ohio State Missouri. You know, the game's pick. You know, if it was a legitimate midseason game, Ohio State would probably be double digits over this team. But now it's pick them because Ohio State famously had quite a few guys opt out. 
Um, you know, so in that sense, it's, it's really not that much fun as a bookmaker because up until the day of the game, it's really just a race to see who finds out first who's opting out, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that, that's not, I mean, I, listen, I understand that's part of the game. I get it, but that's, that's not the way I, I like it. I like two teams trying, both trying to win. They go out there and I make my number and. You tell me how I'm wrong, and you come in and bet your money, and we go from there. You know, but this is a whole different ball game now. Chris, uh, finally for you, the Veasan Studios, formerly there at the South Point, uh, they have defar- departed, unfortunately. But you're still using that studio space. You didn't put in. I, I mean, I was just waiting for a day afterwards, and I was going to see 30 slot machines take over the spot there. But tell <laughs> us a little bit about what you guys are doing over there with the the great studio that you guys have. I've had an opportunity to be in there. Really cool spot, and what you guys are doing now. Well, there's some factions in this place that didn't want to put 30 <laughs> slot machines there, so I've had to fight them off. But I try to explain to them, I mean, really, uh, you know, and listen, Trent, I don't know the last time you were in town, but I, I have a lot of competition here. You know, Durango Station opened up, mm-hmm. like, not that far away. They put, I mean, they put about 12, 13 million into their videos. Uh, you know, Circa has great video wall. You know, the, the Red Rock has great video stuff. I don't, you know, I'm not that worried about the strip places you know that's really not our clientele you know but i tell them you know i'm not telling you to put 10 million into the videos here but we have an asset we have this studio that is definitely an asset for us and we need to we are we do it this isn't the competition i'm facing and uh, let's use what we have and listen you know i'm kind of patting myself on the back a little bit but a lot of people come into this place looking for me or jimmy vaccaro mm-hmm. or Vinny mayola and, uh, you know, that, that's part of the marketing plan, you know, that, that, you know, we do a lot of things really, really well, but, you know, so does our competition, you know, and we have to keep up with it. And, you know, it's funny, a lot of those, you know, matter of fact, the guy who runs the station, his kid works for me, you know, <laughs> so a lot of us are friends. We are friends. But, you know, when we line up and try to, you know, go after business, uh, you know, that that's a big thing. And, you know, it's kind of like football players. You see these guys shaking hands and hugging each other after the game. You know, we're kind of like a fraternity like that. But certainly out there, we're all competing against one another, and we all want to get as much business as we can, you know. And uh, this is one of the things that we have, and I'm glad we're utilizing it to the best of our ability. And uh, I hope to keep it growing. We're, we're up to three shows now, and uh, I think we're going to actually expand the product a little bit after the first week of January. We have a plan in place, and uh, we'll kind of wait till we get a little further down the line to see uh, if I'm going to announce it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, right now I think we're doing really well with it, and the, and the reviews are, have been great. And I would tell anybody out there, subscribe, go to YouTube TV, you know, yep. <laughs> South Point, subscribe, and uh, follow us on Twitter. And all that helps. But uh, I do think we have really good programming. We have the one with Frank uh, Nicotero, who's keeps, I mean, a lot of gambling stuff, but also a lot of fun stuff. And then our later show, hosted by Jeff Parles with Alex White, a lot more nuts and bolts as far as handicapping, that sort of thing. So we're trying. And then we have our horse racing show, and your buddy Jim, I don't know what he's <laughs> probably uh, looking at a racing form right now. But, you know, we have that show uh, five mornings a week. Too. So, I mean, we're, we're really trying to expand our, our footprint in this business. We have a studio and 
just trying to use it as best as we can. That's great. Love it. Chris Andrews, he is not just the Sportsbook Director at the South Point, and you hear him on the airwaves there over at the studios at the South Point. He's also an author looking for a gift for somebody in your life. Two great books on sports wagering, 40 years in bookmaking called Then One Day and Then One Year are the two that he has, along with your newest book, which is not about bookmaking, Chris. Well, it's, it's a novel. I mean, there's plenty of bookmaking in it. I can tell you that in sports and uh, all kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely it's for guys like us, Trent. You yeah. know what I mean? That are uh, grew up in the business or are interesting in the interested in the business. But of course, there's you know some uh, female stuff in there. Love gone bad. Love gone not so bad. You know, and uh, all that stuff happens. And you're know, trying to fix a football game. So I think the novel's really good. And everybody who's read it really enjoys it. So. Yeah, so uh, find it, uh, find it on Amazon, and uh, you know I'd, I'd appreciate any sales. Of course, I want to get the message. Listen, you don't make a lot of money with these; things. Mm-hmm. you just do it to connect with people. And uh, you know, my connection's been pretty good. Adolphus, my brother, you can find it again on Amazon and all the other places, and it's pinned atop of Chris's profile at Andrews Sports. Chris, it's been too long, and too long. Yeah. I will let you know next time I'm out in Vegas. Let's get together for dinner again. Absolutely, my friend. Let's do it. I always enjoy your company. I love it when you come out here. So uh, do it. Don't be such a stranger. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Okay, you got it, Trent. Chris Andrews, Sportsbook Director at the South Point. Great guy and a guy that you can just go up and talk to. Uh, a rarity in today's day and age. We'll take a time out. Come back on the other side. My picks for the day presented by Circus Sports. We take you up until 1. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3. Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515-225-225. 8866 for a free estimate or go online. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, got to hustle as we are out of time. Just a couple of plays for you here this evening after a Kiss Your Sister 4-4 four four last night. We got Presbyterian, the Blue Hose, plus 22.5 against Wake Forest in college basketball tonight. And in the bowl game this evening, the Boca Raton Bowl, I am on the side of South Florida grabbing the 3.5 against Syracuse. No Kyle McCord in that one for the Orange. More than likely, more plays also coming up later. You can follow along with all my plays. Fade me or play with me on the Action Network app and download the Circus Sports app to wager in the state of Iowa. Murphy and Andrew coming your way next and then we are followed up by The Drive with Heather and Sean until 6 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Back with you tomorrow. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO.